just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Tuesday. You know, every night I go to bed and I think about the day before and I think, how could it get fucking crazier than this? And every morning I wake up, spend the day looking at the news and goddamned if it doesn't get crazier. I'll give you an example. George Santos. We'll talk about him later in the program. But George Santos has got all kinds of problems. I mean, he lied about everything in his business life. He lied about everything in his educational life. He lied about his family, his ethnicity, his sexual orientation. He lied about money. Somehow, this guy who was broke ended up with (laughs) $700,000. He said he donated it to the campaign. And then he went and changed the documentation saying he got it from somebody else. Unfortunately, the treasurer that was supposed to have signed it says, I I didn't fucking sign that. So clearly it was forged. Now, I wasn't sure what he was going to do with that at that point. You know, he's caught both ways. If he donated the money himself, he's got to figure out a way to explain how he got the money. And if somebody else gave it to him, then um, he's got to have a lot of explaining to do because that's illegal for one person to give one candidate that much money. And I thought, I didn't know what he was going to do with it. And I just saw him interviewed. And um, he said, oh, yeah, no, I never filed that documentation. That whole thing was forged. Now that he realizes he's in trouble with the forged signature from the treasurer. So now he's back to saying that he's the one that donated the money. Still, he has to explain how he got the money when he was broke as a fucking joke. But that wasn't the point I was getting to. As I say, it even gets worse. All that is about as bad as you can make it. But then yesterday, something comes out where George Santos allegedly sexually harassed somebody he was interviewing for a job when he was about to be a congressman. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine being one of George Santos' um, relatives? Oh, I bet they were proud after the midterms. Our boy Georgie got to be a congressman. We're so proud of him. And then shortly after that, all this shit comes out. I bet they ain't so proud now. I bet they aren't telling everybody that George Santos is their relative. We'll talk more about George in the uh, latter portions of this podcast. Now, as you know, I'm down in Georgia, Savannah, Georgia. I come here a lot. We have a condo here. I'm sitting um, in my condo right now recording this as opposed to in my home back in Minnesota. And it's a little less comfortable to do it here because it's just not set up for it. But I have a duty, and that duty is to produce a podcast for you folks, and I'm committed to doing it. Anyway, shortly after I bought, or my wife and I bought this condo here in Savannah, um, I saw this uh, restaurant that was on TikTok. Yeah, this restaurant was on TikTok, and they were showing these buffets that they had every day, and they were fucking amazing. Now, I had no idea where they were, but later I found out that uh, this restaurant, Isola's, was in Hinesville, Georgia. And I started thinking, how far is that away from Savannah? That shit looks pretty fucking good. So I figured it out, and it's about 30 minutes away from where we are here in Savannah. Um, And then I started getting, when I started talking about Savannah, I got a lot of folks on TikTok and some folks here on the podcast saying, oh, you got to check out Isola's. Well, let's be perfectly honest. (laughs) My wife and I are old. 
A big part of our social life is going out to dinner, and we try all kinds of different places no matter where we're at. And so Isolas sound like a good prospect. Still, my wife was a little skeptical, you know. She goes, 30 minutes, you know, we could go downtown, we could go to Tybee Island, we could go anywhere. Why do you want to go to this Isolas? And I said, well, I've seen the TikToks, and I've got people that uh, either follow me or listen to the podcast who say I should go. So I think we should go. So we're driving out there. And my wife looks at me, again, skeptical, and she says, this better be good. I go, I don't know if it's good. I've never been there, but I trust all the people telling me it's good. So fuck it. Let's go. I mean, what else do we have to do? We're here in Savannah to have fun. This is fun to me. He goes, she says, it's fun to go to a restaurant. And I said, look, when you're my age and you're watching TikToks, a lot of younger guys will see all the sexy girls out there, the famous girls, and they'll get all jazzed up about all the girls and the dancing and the singing. I said, but for me at 62 years of age, you have to understand, if I'm going to a great restaurant and two of those sexy girls were standing outside the door of that restaurant, I'd push those girls away just to get in the fucking door. That's where my mindset is. That's what happens when you turn 62 years old. So you young folks that don't get it, don't worry about it. It will come and it will come fast. (laughs) So we went in there, had lunch, and it was fucking amazing. I'm telling you, man, I, I feel like I'm a connoisseur of restaurants. We don't do reviews or anything like that, but my wife and I always talk about it. How was the service? How was the food? And, um, you know, it was weird because it wasn't what I expected. I expected it to be some kind of roadhouse out in the middle of nowhere in Nowhereville, um, Georgia. But actually, Hinesville is a nice little town. It's got a lot of stuff in it. And this was in basically a strip mall, which I thought, oh, God, here we go. But it was in a strip mall. We walk in and it was very eclectic, the way the decor, very New Orleans feel almost. Um, and it was it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. So we go up and we get our food, fried chicken, all this stuff. And I got to fucking tell you, man, best fried chicken I've ever had, best mashed potatoes and gravy I've ever had, best macaroni and cheese I've ever had, best peach cobbler I've, I've ever had. And I look over at my wife and I go, what do you think? She says, oh, yeah, this was worth the trip. I go, I'm glad because I think so, too. It is amazing. So, I, you know, I spent the last five minutes telling you about this wonderful excursion that my wife and I took and give you an idea just how fucking dull we are. Big day <laughs> on the road is to hit a restaurant, but a buffet, no less. And you know, I feel strongly about buffets. It's not even that I can eat that much anymore. I can't eat as much as I I used to be able to eat. But just to know I could eat all day if I wanted to. I couldn't. But it's just nice to know you have that option. Anyhow, let's get down to... So if you're in Georgia, Savannah, or near Hinesville, I promise you, if you go to Isola's, it's fucking amazing. If you don't like it then quit following me on TikTok and don't listen to this podcast because there's something seriously fucking wrong with you. All right, we've got some emails to tend to. This first one comes from Dewey. I don't know if you remember Dewey. Well, I'm sure you do. He was a guest on the program. He has his own podcast, The Dewey Show. You can Google that shit and find it. But Dewey is an interesting guy. He's a younger guy which from time to time we get on the Rational Boomer podcast. I'm always thankful of that. I mean, I can't get my own sons who are in their 30s to listen to me. So if I can get other people's kids to listen to me, I'll fucking take it. I'll fucking take it in an instant. But Dewey was the guy that was um, kind of an expert in taxes and such. And he helped a lot of people get out of tax problems. You probably remember the show. Well, he wrote me an email and it goes like this. Hey, Mike, I have a question for your show, more specifically the 2623 episode, February 623 episode. You were talking about Donald. You stated that you believe that he is a sociopath. My question for you is this Anyone with a fucking brain knows that Donald Trump's defeat in 2020 was legitimate. 
However, something that is common with sociopaths is once they begin lying, they eventually start believing their own bullshit. Do you think that Donald Trump sincerely believes in the election was stolen from him? Or is this still just a con? Maybe both. All I know is that you had me on your podcast, which was tons of fun, and you asked me what the most alarming thing about Donald Trump's taxes were. I would like to update my answer. If I remember correctly, the January 6th committee obtained Trump's taxes straight from the IRS. They asked for 2016 to present. My statement is, why are those the only years they sought? since they were getting them straight from the source. They had every tax return on file that Donald Trump has ever filed. I would have gone after his taxes from the past 20 years. That would give us a more broad idea of exactly how much he has screwed this country out of. I'm glad to, I'm, I was glad to have you on my show. The Dewey Show, you are welcome back anytime. Thank you. P.S. Please forgive any spelling or grammar issues. I'm using voice-to-text Dewey. Well, as far as Donald Trump, whether he actually believes what he's saying, I, I tend to agree with you. I've known some sociopaths in my life. They will tell a lie, and then they will tell the lie over and over again, and they just refuse to back down on it. Do, do I think that he actually believes it? I, you know, I think he might. I mean, these people are are emotionally and mentally disabled to a certain extent. So, for us to say, "Well, I'm going to tell a lie and then I'm going to finally believe it," sounds crazy. It doesn't sound like something we would do. But if you're in a mental state like Donald Trump is, I think maybe he does believe it's true. He keeps telling himself that. And, you know, in my dealings with sociopaths before, I've heard them say things to me that I know is a lie. And I would swear they knew was a lie, but they seem so adamant about it. They refuse to back down. Now, I don't know if it's that they believe it. Or that they're so adverse to admitting they're wrong. Because that's a big part of it, too. They refuse to admit they're wrong. Whether they actually believe the lie or not, I'm not sure. But I know their mental state causes them to never back down. And you have to understand, this is a huge insecurity. This is from people who have been insecure about what they know or what they do or their talents or their abilities. It more often comes from their parents. And we know Fred Trump, Donnie's dad, was a little critical of Donnie, probably justifiably so, but very critical of Donnie. And uh, this is a way they handle that situation. When mom and dad are critical of you all the time, now you're going to be wary of everybody doing it. And then you get to a point where you just cannot be wrong. And as I've said before, that's probably one of the worst traits you can have. If you can't recognize and acknowledge when you're wrong, you're going to be in a world of trouble because you'll keep going down that wrong path until you fall off a fucking cliff. If you're smart and mentally sound, you'll say, you know what? I am wrong. So now I'm going to do this. And then you go a different way and you start to move forward again. Therein lies the problems with Donald Trump. Now, as far as his taxes, I've said the same thing you said, Dewey. Donald Trump, we're waiting to see if he's going to get indicted for his tax crimes. But the interesting thing is, why now? Why just those tax returns like Dewey mentioned? I mean, clearly this guy has been doing this for decades, since the 70s. And you're right, Dewey, how much has he stolen from this government? Well, he's certainly capable. He's a pathological liar. He will cheat anytime he gets a chance. And he's done it for decades in terms of his taxes. Why they wouldn't go back any farther than they did? I th- you know, I think, I think when, the, when Congress asked for the taxes... They had, I think they had some restrictions in how far they could go back because it has to do with him being president. 
I think the IRS could pull all that stuff out and go through it if they want to. Although, correct me if I'm wrong, Dewey, I think I think there's a limitation is, is that the IRS can only go back like seven years or three years or something like that. I don't know if that's true, but that's the way I understood it. But I think Congress, who asked for the taxes, can only deal with those things while he's in the government as president of the United States. That may be why he's, um, they've only pulled those taxes. But you're right. If he's been doing this for decades, why hasn't the IRS or the DOJ stepped up? Why has he just gotten away with it? You can understand why Donald Trump would continue doing it because he's not been held accountable. He gets away with this bullshit and um, he figures he'll always get away from this bullshit. So I think I think that Congress could only ask during the time he was either running for or actually president. That's why they only got the years that they asked for. And Dewey, thank you. I'd love to be back on your show again, and you're more than welcome to come on this show, too. A lot of people uh, um, had a lot of good things to say about Dewey being on the show. And as I've said, if you're a listener of this show, any of you, all of you are qualified to be on the show. You don't have to be talking about anything specific, whatever's on your mind, and that's what we'll talk about. All right. This second and last email comes from Gary. He's written a number of emails in the past. He says, hi, Mike, you have frequently discussed the new House rule to allow a single House member to bring a vote to require the speaker to vacate the chairmanship position. It's a motion to vacate. Yeah. The way Kevin McCarthy set it up, he gave in to MAGA, and only one person has to stand up and ask for the motion to vacate, and then they have to have a vote of no confidence. And that's right, it's just one person. Gary goes on to say, It seems to me that the Democratic members should be demanding such a vote on a weekly basis, which would put the GQ caucus, GQP caucus in a constant state of confusion and upheaval. I would think Rep. Ilhan Omar should call for such a vote daily. That would be a wonderful example of karma. Uh, on another issue of great discussion lately, was the Trump aware of the Chinese balloons flying over the U.S. during his single term in office? Um, let's see here. I. I heard an opinion on The View today that perhaps he really didn't know about the Chinese balloons because the U.S. military intelligence agency didn't trust what stupid things he might do if they were to brief him on this. It makes um, me wonder just how much intelligence information that they didn't tell him because of their desire to save our country from the idiot. Keep up your daily dose of sanity. Have a good day, the oldest boomer. Yeah. Um, in terms of the motion to vacate, when the when the Trumplefucks decided to force Kevin McCarthy into agreeing to one person stepping up to make a motion to vacate, it was really him giving in to the MAGA Fox. We know that. But that option is open to everybody in the House of Representatives, including the Democrats. And you're asking, why don't the Democrats just go in there and fuck with them and uh, ask for a vote every day and make it confusing and impossible for them to do anything? And that's a good question. I don't know for sure why, but I can take a wild guess. To be honest with you, I would think the Democrats don't want Kevin McCarthy kicked out of the Speaker of the House position. I don't think they want that. And the reason is, is because they look so foolish as it is. They gain more from having Kevin in there as opposed to confusing 
the Republicans any more than they're already confused. I mean, they're doing some silly stuff. They're doing some stupid stuff. And if the Democrats step in there and they start messing with these people, then they're going to get some of the heat, too. Well, we were so screwed up because the Democrats kept fucking with us, even though they made the rule. So I think maybe the Democrats are just content to sit back and watch them fuck themselves. I really am pretty confident that that's why they are doing that. They're going to let Kevin McCarthy hang himself. They're going to let the Republicans and the MAGA fucks hang themselves because everything they're doing now is just hurting their chances in 2024. And I don't know if they don't realize it or they don't care or what, but none of this is helping them. All these silly investigations and these hearings, and we're going to talk about a hearing that Jim Jordan had, his first hearing. And people are laughing at this guy. Honestly, I think the Democrats are just going to sit back, fold their arms, and smirk as these guys drown themselves. Honestly, that's what I believe. All right, uh, here's a story that isn't political in nature, but clearly a very tragic and a big story. Rescuers in Turkey and war-ravaged Syria search through the frigid night into Tuesday this morning, hoping to pull more survivors from the rubble after a 7.8 magnitude earthquake killed more than 4,000 people and toppled thousands of buildings across a wide region in that area. That is absolutely catastrophic, absolutely tragic that we've lost 4,000 lives in this situation. And uh, I don't think they've counted everybody they've lost. Authorities fear the death toll from Monday's pre-dawn earthquake and aftershocks would keep climbing as rescuers looked for survivors among the metal and concrete. Um, And this is all during Syria's 12-year civil war and refugee crisis. So this is quite a mess. Uh, You know, I would assume the United States is going to help out one way or another, even though Syria isn't necessarily our friend. But we help because we're America. You know, Turkey's got uh, the dictator there that's buddies with the Trump fucks. I mean, none of the, neither of these countries is really friends to the United States, certainly not friends to the Democrats. But I guarantee you, if there's anything Joe Biden can do, he's going to do it. Survivors cried out for help from within the mountains of debris as first responders contended with rain and snow. Seismic activity continued to rattle the region, including another jolt nearly as powerful as the initial quake. Workers carefully pulled away slabs of concrete to reach bodies as desperate families waited for news. That is absolutely a tragedy. I mean, we hear about earthquakes and and uh, natural disasters all the time but can you imagine 4,000 people being killed in a national disaster I know it's happened before I know it certainly happened in wars and such places but we as Americans have to be a little compassionate because as much as we may not like the governments in Syria and even Turkey to a certain extent The people aren't at fault for that. The people are just people like us. So I'm assuming the United States will be doing some things and um, hopefully trying to save some lives. But man, that is absolutely fucking tragic. Again, that's a little out of my realm. I don't usually talk about natural disasters, but uh, that one was worth mentioning. With the amount of loss lives in this situation and more coming is just fucking horrific. Yesterday we talked about uh, former New York prosecutor Mark Pomerantz. Now he is the guy that was hired by Cyrus Vance in the Manhattan district to investigate Donald Trump with another partner he had. Well when Alvin Bragg took over, of course Alvin Bragg seemed kind of iffy about whether he would 
go forth and indict Donald Trump. And this caused Pomerantz and his partner to say, fuck it, we're leaving, we resign. And we didn't really know what was going on there when they did it, but we knew it was a little disappointing and upsetting. Well, Mark Pomerantz has a new book that will come out, um, actually came out midnight on Tuesday. But earlier, he shared some tidbits with MSNBC's Rachel Maddow. This is what they always do. They give out little teasers of the book, and then when it comes out, the shit flies. Now, this interview with Rachel Maddow came after he spoke to 60 Minutes on Sundays about the financial crimes he argued should be part of the charges by the Manhattan District's office. So far, it seems the only one willing to go after that case is New York Attorney General Letitia James. The AG can only handle civil crimes against the state, and they don't do criminal cases. Now, according to Maddow, the benefit of, uh, of what Mark Pomerantz described to, is the strength of the evidence against Trump, its weaknesses, potential charges against Trump, and the wherewithal of the prosecutors who in New York at least appear to have Trump in their sights. Now, according to reports, Pomerantz's book lists nine areas of inquiry, and the DA could use them when looking at criminal inquiries, to Donald Trump. The interview came after he spoke to 60 Minutes on Sunday about the financial crimes he argued should be part of the charges for the Manhattan District. Um, According to reports, Pomerantz books list the nine areas, as I've said. This book by Pomerantz is going to have a significant impact, not only on Donald Trump, he's going to lose his shit as that information comes out about it. And it's going to put a lot of pressure on Alvin Bragg, the DA up in the Manhattan district. Up to this point, he hasn't filed any charges, but Mark Pomerantz um, said in his book, in the tidbits that came out, was that uh, he built his entire business on lies and bullshit. You know, he claimed to be a billionaire. He claimed his properties were more valuable than they actually were. And um, that's how he built his business. And I got to tell you, that's kind of impressive. You know, you always see these people on on, uh, TikTok saying, you can make a billion dollars without spending one penny. Well, that's almost what Donald Trump did. Uh, and most of what he's, he's done has been all bullshit. I mean, we know that from, from his tax returns. He kept telling us he's this wildly rich, wildly successful um, billionaire. But his tax records certainly don't show that. It's only showed that he's lost billions of dollars and um, he's paid very little in taxes. Those are not traits of a billionaire. He's not a billionaire. We know that virtually everything he's tried in business has failed at one point or another. Now, the Trump Organization did okay and helped to make money for Donald Trump and his family. But now, of course, we know in the Manhattan District, the Trump Organization has been found guilty of seven, it's 17 violations of fraud. And his CFO has also been found guilty as well. So that doesn't put his company in very good stead. It's going to be hard to get people to work with you, especially people that might want to loan you money. They aren't going to want to loan you money if you're not trustworthy. And let's be honest, Donald Trump isn't trustworthy. Then, as they pointed out, you've got Letitia James going after the civil case against Donald Trump and the Trump Organization for uh, business fraud. If she wins that case, and as I've said many times before, I'll say it again, I don't think there's any question she's going to win. There's no way she can lose this. If she wins that, 
Trump and the Trump Organization will be fined a minimum, a minimum of $250 million and make it so that his family can no, no longer run a business in New York. So this puts the Trumps and the Trump Organization in serious trouble. I mean, with all that's gone on here, it's unlikely that the Trump Organization will be able to continue. He may start another business, but it's going to have to be in another state like Florida or something. Uh, it's not going to be in New York, and he's going to be buried in fines, far more than he can handle. Now, if he was a multi-billionaire, $250 million doesn't seem like that much money, but uh, we know <laughs> he's not a billionaire. So this is going to be problematic and pretty much shut the Trump organization down. So now Alvin Bragg is seeing the win in the Manhattan district, his people winning against the Trump organization. He's seeing what's going on in uh, um, in uh, the civil case with Letitia James. But I think the thing that's kind of goosing him a little bit is knowing that Mark Pomerantz was coming out with a book. This is the thing that's going to put him in a bad situation if he doesn't do something. So we'll have Mark Pomerantz uh, to thank if there are indictments coming from the Manhattan District, and there should be. Because remember, it's not just the fraud that they're looking at in the Manhattan District. They're also looking into the Stormy Daniels situation, and that's growing ever closer to an indictment as well. We've got uh, Michael Cohen, who was convicted of that crime. His co-conspirator was Donald Trump, so clearly he's guilty, too. And an indictment certainly should come from Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg's come a long way from saying, yeah, I don't feel like touching Donald Trump, to having two cases now where he might issue some indictments to the former president. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, when when all the information of this book comes out, and it will be out in the next day or so, you know, it'll it'll be released, and then people will go through it, and all of a sudden it'll be cropping up on various news sources and such, and uh, it'll drive Donald Trump fucking nuts, which is good, but it's also going going to put a lot of pressure on Elvin Bragg, and Elvin Bragg is going to have to react. So we'll see what happens. I'm very anxious to hear and maybe even read uh, Mark Pomerantz's book because it's going to be very telling. He seems pretty sure that Donald Trump committed crimes and that he should be indicted and that his whole company was built on lies. So that says a lot. All right, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I'm sure you'll remember all these stories about people taking pot shots at power plants all across the country. I think all of us knew that there was something more to it than some crazy fucks that got drunk and started to take their guns out and shoot at power plants. There's something deeper and darker to this whole situation. These are domestic terrorists. These are people trying to disrupt this country, the government, and the people in this country. But who would do that? Well, apparently federal authorities have arrested and charged two neo-Nazis, which is another name for Trumplefux, for allegedly plotting to attack Baltimore-area power substations in what would be the latest attempt by far-right extremists to destroy energy facilities across the country. So they caught them before they did it. But clearly they were going to try to do the same thing that we'd seen in other parts of the country. And instead of this just being crazies, much like, you know, much like what they tried to uh, say about the insurrection. So oh, just a bunch of people got out of hand. No, it was fucking planned. It was intentional. And the same could be said for these people attacking these power plants. The thing about it is, is they're still upset that Donald Trump is not yet president, even though they'd been promised that he would be back in the Oval Office any number of times. 
So they're upset that uh, Joe Biden is president, and they want to take it out on the country. And the best way they can do it is take it out on you and me by making our lives difficult and disrupting our lives with the intention of trying to make Joe Biden look bad. Well, this is a fucking ridiculous way to do it. You know it. I know it. But these dumb fucks don't seem to know it. Now, the Justice Department announced Monday that law enforcement arrested Sarah Beth Clendaniel of Maryland and Brandon Clint Russell of Florida on charges of conspiracy to damage energy facilities. The two plan to inflict maximum harm on the power grid with the aim to completely destroy Baltimore. Not just the power grid, the whole fucking city. And this was put out by U.S. Attorney Eric Barron, and he said that in a press conference earlier. So you see what's going on here. It's not just trying to get people to lose their electricity. It's with the intent to create chaos and destroy our cities. Each time it's happened all around the country, you can bet that was the intention then. And these fucking clowns were thankfully caught before they can do anything or damage the power grid. But you know where this is coming from, right? This isn't a bunch of people that just cropped up out of nowhere. These are people who are fighting the fight of trying to get Donald Trump back in office. These redneck, toothless, dumb sons of bitches. That's who they are. And that's partly why they got caught this time around. They're stupid. Now, according to authorities, Clint Daniel told an FBI confidential source on January 29th that she planned to shoot up energy substations surrounding Baltimore, including in Norrisville, Ryerstown, and Perry Hill, Maryland. The 34-year-old said she was determined to carry out the infrastructure attacks and said they would probably permanently, completely lay this city to waste, according to a criminal complaint. That was their goal. It's just like the insurrectionists. They just, it wasn't that they got out of hand and got crazy. The whole point was to interrupt the certification of the election and put Donald Trump back in office. I mean, this, what they're doing to these power plants is, is tantamount to uh, uh, insurrection as well. They're trying to disrupt this country. Now, Clint Daniel had an online moniker Nithra 88. Don't know what that fucking means, but it's probably some cartoon she watched on a regular basis. She told the source that she had a kidney-related terminal illness and was unlikely to live more than a few months. The complaint said uh, she allegedly wanted the FBI source to purchase a rifle for her within the next couple of weeks so she could accomplish something worthwhile before she died. Well, the good news there is if she's telling the truth, and I'm not convinced that she is, that she's going to die. And it won't be soon enough. The complaint included a photo of a woman who authorities say is Clint Daniel wearing tactical gear, bearing a swastika, holding a rifle and carrying a pistol in a drop holster on her left leg. The FBI also said a search of Clendaniel's Google accounts revealed a document she allegedly wrote that referenced the Unabomber and Adolf Hitler. My question is, how does a woman of 34, a millennial, get in this mindset? Is it mental illness? Has she been radicalized? Or what in the actual fuck could possibly do this? I have kids this age. And... And I can tell you, they couldn't even conceive of something like this. They couldn't imagine doing something like this. She said, I would sacrifice everything for my people just to have a chance for our cause to succeed. The document said, well, what is your cause? To spread Nazism throughout this country? Sorry, a lot of people have tried, and some 34-year-old dumb fuck isn't going to be able to do it. You were talking to an informant. You got caught because, well, you're fucking stupid. And uh, the problem is, is we don't know where all this stuff is happening. There could be other little cells out there trying to do the very same thing. Now, whether Miss Clem Daniel is actually terminally ill, I can only say I hope so. I hope she's terminally ill and I hope it's painful and she lingers for a long fucking time. 
Yeah, I know that's not very Christian, but these motherfuckers deserve whatever pain they can get because they are making the ultimate attempt of an ultimate crime in this country, trying to destroy our country. Not unlike Donald Trump, not unlike the Trump fucks and all his administration and all his little cronies and all the stupid fucks that attack the U.S. Capitol. These people are the worst human beings in this country. They are committing the absolute worst crime, and they should be dealt with accordingly. Now, let's talk about another despicable sort We talked about George Santos early in the podcast and all the fucked up things he's done, yet he's still sitting in Congress right now because Kevin McCarthy is too big a pussy to fucking do anything with this guy. This guy has no business being in Congress, but Kevin McCarthy needs the fucking vote. A former prospective staffer, he wasn't hired yet, a staffer to Representative George Santos has accused him of sexual harassment and committing a House ethics violation, saying Santos inappropriately touched him in his office and rescinded a job offer when the man rebuffed him. <laughs> Derek Myers announced Friday that he has filed complaints with U.S. Capitol Police and the House Ethics Committee against the scandal-plagued congressman after briefly working in Santos' office last month under the title of Volunteer. Apparently, uh, Old George found him attractive and couldn't control himself. It's not just limited to old white men, apparently. Apparently, young mixed-race men that are ultimately the greatest fraud that's ever perpetrated itself on Congress. Apparently, he's got some troubles with his uh, restraints when it came to sexual harassment. Now, of course, since his election last year, Santos continues to face several separate federal, local, and international investigations following revelations that he lied extensively about his background. Myers alleges that two days into starting his role, which he said he was told would be a paid position, Santos asked him while they were alone in the office if he had a profile on the dating app Grinder. No, George, but I'm sure you do, and I'm sure it's not under your normal name, whatever that fucking is. Um, so, um, so anyway, Santos' communication director referred questions to his attorney, Joe Murray, who declined to comment. Tom Rust, the Ethics Committee chief counsel and staff director, also declined comment to HuffPost. On Monday, U.S. Capitol Police did not respond to the message requesting confirmation about the police report's filing. So nobody's talking. This clown is doing everything he can to embarrass the Republican Party, and even still, they refuse to do anything. This is how desperate they are for power. They will take the absolute worst human being. Well... That might be pushing it a bit. Donald Trump is clearly the worst human being, but George Santos has got to be a close second. He lies as much as Donald Trump, except he's weaker in terms of power, and uh, he's maybe a little, believe this or not, he may be a little smarter than Donald Trump, which isn't saying much. But uh, George Santos is so mentally impaired, he tells these lies. Like nobody's going to check into it. Dude, you just want a seat in Congress. Of course they're going to fucking check you out. Well, we've got the uh, State of the Union address with Joe Biden coming up. State of the Union's always interesting. You get both um, houses of Congress together. He speaks, talks about the state of the country. This may not surprise you, but apparently the Republicans are talking about boycotting the State of the Union. It's like fucking little children. Representative Mary Miller has made it 
public. She will be boycotting President Biden's State of the Union address due to what she says are lies and ineffectiveness to maintain border security as well as opposition to his energy policy, including the cancellation of the Keystone Pipeline. Wow. This is somebody in Congress talking about the Keystone Pipeline. I know you probably hear this from people. Gas prices are so high because of the Keystone Pipeline. Biden closed it. Well, Biden didn't close the Keystone Pipeline. The Keystone Pipeline is still working. They were going to create an extension to the pipeline to maybe add capacity. They hadn't even started it. And in fact, the Supreme Court forced them to stop building it. And Joe said, okay, stop building it. So now they want to try to blame this on Joe Biden. But the fact of the matter is this Keystone Pipeline thing, I thought it went away because it's so fucking stupid. It's not even a good lie. It's ridiculous. But apparently this Mary bitch, whoever she is, uh, is going to boycott. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of others are going to boycott too. She said, I'm not going to sit there and listen to him lie and watch the media and other members of Congress applaud him for his lies, Miller said in an interview with Breitbart. Well, isn't that ironic? A publication that's known for lies, and she has some aversion to lying. (laughs) She doesn't hate lies. She just hates lies that she's not passing along. Miller cited her own statistics about the issue at the Mexico border. By the time his presidency is over, we could have 12 to 14 million terrorists, fentanyl dealers, child traffickers, and an entire welfare state entering our country, Miller said. He has also lied about energy prices. Now, this this woman is obviously mentally ill or just incredibly stupid, incredibly triggered, incredibly radicalized. <clears throat> Miller also touted U.S. foreign policy under former President Donald Trump. He was always aggressive with our enemies, and it allowed for peace in the world. Bullshit. They always say there was no wars when Donald Trump was in office. Bullshit. What was Afghanistan? That was a fucking war. He didn't even have the balls to pull them out himself. He made up a plan, handed it to Joe Biden when he took office, and made him do it because he has no courage. He has no balls. There was a war. There wasn't complete peace when Donald Trump was in office. It's fucking ridiculous. Miller's comments ignored the well over a dozen major international military conflicts that occurred across the world during Trump's presidency. According to Miller, she has donated her ticket to a retired military colonel who had to retire because he would not get the vaccine. Well, that may be. But the fact of the matter is, if you're in the military, you get a lot of vaccines. Talk to anybody who's gone into the military, and they get jabbed probably 20 times before they ever get in. And they are required to do it, or you're not in the fucking military. The fact that one of them happened to be COVID, well, that was the deal. That was the rule. This uh, officer that said he had to retire because uh, he didn't want to get the COVID shot, I have to wonder, isn't one of the things about being in the service is to obey all orders? Was that not an order? And he chose not to obey it, so he had to retire? Well, it's a good thing he did fucking retire. He probably would have been booted out of there and his pension taken away from him. So maybe this guy shouldn't be in the military if he doesn't have enough sense to understand what's ridiculous, like the problems with a COVID shot. I, you know, I love that when people talk to me about COVID vaccinations. Oh, it's terrible. Why would you do it? Look, I had both original COVID vaccinations. I've had two booster vaccinations and a couple of flu shots. And guess what? I'm fine. I haven't felt better in my life. I haven't got the flu. I haven't gotten COVID and I'm good. And if I did get the flu and COVID, I probably wouldn't die from it because I've got the vaccination. Being 62, not being 
in the prime of shape and also having type 2 diabetes, I could be at risk. The fact of the matter is I think I had COVID in January before we all even knew about it because I was sicker than ever during that period. But uh, this, this continuation of talking about the COVID vaccination and how it's dangerous and how it's just a big conspiracy uh, with the government against all of us, it's just so fucking stupid. I can't, it's hard to listen to these people because they're so ignorant or they're trying to gaslight me. And either way, it frustrates me and it angers me to even listen to that shit. All right. Now, um, you heard about Jim Jordan's new subcommittee. I don't even think it's constitutionally legal. Jim Jordan is the chairman of the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. And his first meeting is until Thursday and is already being mocked after a list of witnesses was released. NBC News Garrett Hockey reports testifying before the committee on Thursday will be ex-Democratic Congressman Tulsi Gabbard, fucking Russian plant, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, the guy who was involved in the insurrection, but only for about 10 seconds, so that's okay. U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley, this 150-year-old fucking dinosaur in Iowa, that was kind of part of the whole situation to get Mike Pence out of the way so he can go in and uh, not certify the election, which didn't work. And former FBI Nicole Parker. Now, Gabbard left the Democratic Party and is now an independent and a Fox News contributor. In 2019, Hillary Clinton suggested she was a Russian asset being groomed for a third-party presidential run. She sued the former Democratic presidential um, candidate, Hillary, uh, but later dropped the defamation suit because she wasn't going to fucking win. She just wasn't going to win. She's a public figure. You got to prove it hurt her in some way, and she can't. Also, Gabbard shared false information. Forbes reported last year about U.S. involvement in Ukraine's biological laboratories, giving credence to unfounded Russian-backed conspiracy theory the U.S. was has warned could serve as justification for Russia to use biological and chemical weapons against Ukraine. You remember that. Russia was claiming there was all kinds of... Uh, all kinds of biological weapons plants in Ukraine. That's why they attacked him, which is absolute bullshit. And then, of course, the Republicans tried to say the Democrats and Joe Biden were somehow involved in those things that didn't even fucking exist. So it's all pretty ridiculous. Now, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, he narrowly won re-election after being among the top promoters of Trump's big lie. He's a whacked-out conspiracy theorist who used his Senate seat to spread false information about COVID and a host of other crises. CNN's Chris Saliza uh, uh, branded Johnson the uh, Senate's leading conspiracy theorist just one year ago. Washington Post reported last May that Senator Johnson expressed openness to an fervent anti-vaccination the idea that maybe coronavirus vaccines are a conduit for deliberately giving people AIDS. Oh, for Christ's sake. See what I mean? These people, it's like they uh, like they have a contest with what whoever can come up with the craziest bullshit. Now, Grassley, he's got all kinds of problems for his racist remarks about COVID-19. He uh, made false claims about the IRS and apparent falsehoods about the January 6th insurrection. Last year, the American Independent reported Grassley told a constituent, what you said is accurate, according to the Independent. The constituent said during a town hall, knowing that the FBI and Capitol Police were complicit in January 6th, what have you done to get the political prisoners being held in gulag conditions out on bail? 
these fucking people broke into the Capitol. They threatened to kill Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence. They shit and pissed on the floors. And these people uh, think that these idiots should be left out. Sorry, that's not going to fucking happen. Now, there were a lot of people that were quick to mock Chairman Jordan's choice of witnesses to testify before his subcommittee first hearing. Johnson actively pushed the Wisconsin legislature and the VP to overturn the election. Tulsi Gabbard used her perch in Congress to secretly meet with Assad and whitewash his war crimes. So in a sense, they indeed are experts on weaponizing government. It, 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 it's truly frightening that we have these people in our government running this country people that are enemies of this country, people that are treasonous. Tulsi Gabbard is without question a plant by Russia. She she tried to play herself off as a Democrat, and we know by all she did, she was not anywhere close to a Democrat. She was a Russian plant. She supported everything Russia did. She's a big Putin fan. What we know about Putin is he's a dictator, a vicious, vile dictator. He is a mass murderer. And whether they be Donald Trump or the trump or Tulsi Gabbard or whoever, if they side with Vladimir Putin on anything, they are enemies of this country. And the sad thing is that these enemies of this country happen to be part and parcel to running this fucking country. This is why we need our DOJ to step up and start indicting people. Not only to make them accountable for the things they've done, but to stop this ridiculousness in this country. I mean, we've got people trying to hold this country hostage and not raise the debt limit, crash the economy. But these were the same people that were part of the insurrection. I have a feeling if you indicted them now... It might slow them down a little bit. It may not be as big a problem if we could take them out of the mix. Time is running out on the DOJ. They need to get to getting and get something done. The Manhattan District needs to get some indictments issued. Georgia needs to get some indictments issued. We need things to start happening. All the reasons they gave to wait have now passed. There is nothing more to wait for. You've had plenty of time to look into these investigations and figure out what you're going to do. Our country is at risk currently because we're allowing these treasonous to run roughshod around this country. I know I'm the one that always says, wait, be patient, and I agree with that. We've got to wait and be patient, but eventually there is a time when it has to happen or it's not going to happen. And I will tell you this right now, and I will lead the fucking charge. If Joe Biden's administration does not indict these people in the next year, they are almost complicit in all the bad things that are happening in this country by way of the Republicans because they're allowing them to do it. Their job is to protect the people of this country. The Republicans aren't doing it. They're doing the exact opposite. But Joe Biden, the Democrats, the Joe Biden administration, it's their job now. They've gotten everything they needed. They've gotten the investigations. They've gotten the January 6th committee. They got it all. Now is the time to get this done. Let's put this down once and for all. We've got a lot of things we've got to fix to get this country country right again, but we can't do that until these indictments are issued and these people are held accountable. You know, when I talk to people um, on TikTok or in the podcast or something like that, I think one of the greatest fears that people have is that Donald Trump will run for president in 2024. And I keep telling them, That's not going to happen. And there are many reasons why it's not going to happen. Um, Should he get indicted, he may be in a situation where the 14th Amendment would preclude him 
from running for any office, including the presidency. The guy's going to be 78 years old in 2024, and I know Joe's going to be 82, but Joe's in much better shape mentally and physically than Donald Trump. I, I still don't think Joe Biden should run in 2024, and I'm not sure that he will. But Donald Trump is losing ground physically and mentally every day. All you have to do is listen to his fucking rants. But to put the final nail in the cotton, uh, in the coffin for Donald Trump is the Koch brothers. We all know the Koch brothers. They have this huge multi-billion dollar business and they support Republican conservatives. Now, one of the Koch brothers died, but that doesn't mean that's the end of the Koch brothers. The companies, the money, the one Koch brother, they're still there. And the Koch brothers made a decision that really kind of ended it for Donald Trump as far as I'm concerned, because money's the big issue in any kind of politics and campaigning. Well, the Koch brothers, or the Koch brother, have decided that they're no longer going to support Donald Trump. They're done with him. And we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars. They're not going to support him again. And without their support, it's going to be virtually impossible that he will be the Republican candidate. Because what the Koch brothers are, or the Koch brother, is saying now, in the next week or so, they're going to come out and say who they're going to support. And instead of spreading around the money like they normally do, they're going to put all their money behind one person to run for president in 2024. <clears throat> that could be Mike Pence. That could be Mike Pompeo uh, or Pompeo or whatever the fuck his name is or Nikki Haley or somebody like that. I don't see them supporting Mike Pence. Mike Pence doesn't have a chance in hell of winning. No Democrat's going to vote for him. No MAGA person is going to vote for him. And probably very few of the normies, as they call them, in the Republican Party will vote for him either. They want to get as far away from Donald Trump. And this guy was Donald Trump's lapdog. He's not a good candidate. Mike Pompeo, Pompeo, um, he's not a good candidate either. I mean, he just said on television that uh, we had a peaceful transition of power on January 6th, which is absolutely not true. This guy is out of touch, out of his fucking mind, or just evil. Mike Pompeo will not be the guy that gets the money from the Coke folks. If I was to pick of the three that I mentioned, it would probably be Nikki Haley. Uh, now, Nikki is uh, a big Trump humper, too. Well, she goes back and forth, depending on what's uh, most expeditious for her. But of the three, she's probably the most normal, relatively speaking, and she's probably the most electable. So I have a feeling that the Koch brothers will put their money behind Nikki Haley, unless there's somebody we're not seeing, uh, and that could be too. But of those three, if those are the choices, it's going to be Nikki Haley, because she's the only one that at least in their mind, they would believe that she has any kind of chance of winning in 2024. But that said, Nikki Haley has no chance either. I truly and honestly believe with all that's going to happen between now and 2024, all that's happened before with overturning Roe v. Wade, the investigations, all this shit, there is no Republican candidate that can win in 2024. And that's regardless of who runs as a Democratic candidate. If it's Joe Biden, uh, if it's Kamala Harris, if it's uh, Pete Buttigieg or whoever the fuck it is, it doesn't really matter. The 2024 election is the Democrats to lose. If they fuck up, if they don't indict these people, if, if they don't do their job between now and 2024, then there might be some risk with the Democrats. I just don't believe they're going to do that. I believe they're going to make some moves over the next year to set themselves up for the 2024 election. They're going to keep talking about, well, if the Republicans win, that's the end of our democracy. I don't know that that's true, but it's certainly not going to help our democracy. 
So the important thing is to get another Democratic president for another four years at least. And uh, I just don't see the Republicans having anybody that can fit that role. Even Nikki Haley, even though she may be the most normal, she's still fucking crazy. She's still a flip-flopper. She has no integrity. She has no credibility. And she has no business running for president. But if she does, good. Because the Democrats will beat her easily, as they would with Mike Pence, as they would with Mike Pompeo, Pompeo, or as they would with Donald Trump. There is no Republican that can win the 2024 election at this moment in time. Unless something dramatically changes, I just don't see how the Republicans win in 2024. It just doesn't make any sense. All right, we are going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking time to listen. Of course, uh, we hope you have a great day, and we will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.